0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us back in for part two here today. You can always go over to pattozion.com. Audio-only episodes are hosted there, and of course, you're probably watching here on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, won't you, if you want content that's more along these lines. We're kind of in between a lot of different viewpoints and vantage points and beliefs, and we're we're trying to find what is true according to the word alone. Not our own opinion and not our traditions that we have inherited. And not just empty, hollow, uh, ritualistic things either that, don't, that that somehow miss the heart of the matter. Um, we're trying to ride that middle place of the extremes that I'm always talking about. Most fall into a, I don't want anything to do with that, leave me alone. Or, if you don't walk right here just like this, then you, God doesn't know you and he never will. We try to walk a line that's, that is in between those two extremes, um, believing that Yahweh, he, he loves a people. That's what we talked about in part one. He loves a people. He wants a possession, a treasure. And friend, those people enter into becoming those people by covenant. And and Passover is is a wonderful covenant example as we talk about a holy and peculiar people who are marked in order to do something. And that is to serve Yahweh, which leads us to the question I ended part one with, which is sticking to the original Passover account in Exodus, of course, that we read is. We are told this redundant message that helps us today, I believe, now in Messiah, in the new covenant reality, or at least in the part that is now on the earth, because I don't believe anymore that it's here in absolute fullness. And it only takes maybe 10 minutes of looking through the word to find out that we are here in part. There is a fullness yet before us, friends. If, if there wasn't, then Yahweh wouldn't need to remove us from these bodies of flesh and the kingdoms of men that we're surrounded by. We are now sojourners here. We're traveling through, surrounded by the ways of the nations, and we're continually coming out further and further as we learn our Father's ways as a set-apart, holy, kadosh-consecrated um, people. Um, as we said in part one over and over, doing His set-apart, Uh, marked, holy, consecrated, appointed times, his feasts, his Sabbath. It is one great marker, a huge marker, that we are, in fact, his people. Um, So to move into part two, and this should be it. We'll just have two parts, presumably, unless we get a little long here. Why did Yahweh demand Pharaoh to let his people go? Um, Only using the word of Elohim alone, okay? So, like, only using this, only using this, (laughs) Why are we told that Yahweh desired his people to leave Egypt when he did, okay? What was the primary purpose for them to be delivered? Um, was it because the people didn't deserve to be enslaved, you know? Um, was it because the Egyptians were just a, such a, a horrible, uh, oppressive people? Did Yahweh just merely want his people free? Um, just because he's good, I mean, no, none of these things are, are are applicable. But we are told clearly of one primary reason. Okay, the primary reason, and this is not complicated, but yet this is, again, if this doesn't flow over into our New Testament, New Covenant understanding, we have a real breakdown and problem, um, which is why Passover remains for us today. <laughs> As, a, as an ongoing memorial, so that we learn, so that we understand covenant and the covenant covenant requirements for us to be protected, preserved now in Messiah. The whole primary reason that Yahweh desired His people to be set free was to serve Him and no other. Okay? To serve Yahweh Elohim, the God of all gods, and no other. So let's read some Passover um, era text, okay? And of course, these are all found in Exodus, so I'll just read the references. We'll start with Exodus chapter 4, 22 and 23, then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says Yahweh, Israel is my firstborn son, and I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me, okay? If you refuse to let him go, behold, I'll kill your firstborn son. So here we are At the very beginning, no plagues have shown up, no judgments have come, nothing yet, okay? And Yahweh says from the very beginning in chapter 4, look, I'm telling you how this is going to end if you don't let my people go. And I'll add this in for consideration because I thought this was just an interesting thought. I believe Moses knew with every plague that came and went, this isn't how it's going to go. The frogs aren't going to do it. The darkness isn't going to do it. The, the flies and the gnats and the locusts eating up their crops. It's not going to be enough. It's going to take what Yahweh said back in chapter 4, which is just real life back then. If you don't let them go, I'm going to kill your firstborn son. I believe it's at least for consideration, because I love thinking about these things, that Moses probably thought it's probably going to take this with Pharaoh's hard-heartedness. It's probably going to require the ultimate Judgment to come, but to our point right here in the middle, let my son, which is a whole other issue about my firstborn son um, That Israel is in the heart of Yahweh. There's so much imagery here Um, But why let them go so that he my firstborn son Israel may serve me, okay? Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 let my people go so that they can celebrate a festival in the desert to honor me Okay, now this is yet another clue to us, I believe here today that that celebrating a festival is how we serve Yahweh, how we honor Him. It's how they honored Him. It's how we honor Him. It's really not that far of a stretch. As soon as we, we allow the chains of the traditions of men to break off of our lives, where we, we're, a, we're a new church. We're a new church. We're a new church. That's bondage back there. That's law and bondage. We're free now. This helps us, I think, this can make a little bit of a, a, a chink in those chains that is bondage, in my opinion, of, of the religious system we've inherited. That is nothing nothing less than Pharisaicalism as far as like the non-believing Pharisees. That's what's so ironic from this chair I sit in now is like the Christians are so hard on the Pharisees, non-believing Pharisees. They wouldn't receive Messiah. But Christianity repeats the same pattern that Yeshua confronted with the non-believing Pharisees, which is you're clinging to a tradition that was handed to you instead of the ways of Yahweh. (laughs) You've replaced his ways with your own set of religious ideals. Christianity and non-Pharisaical Judaism are pretty much the same. Non-believing, Pharisaical. I don't know what I said the first time. Ones who didn't believe Yahweh's ways were, were above their own. And now Christianity has created from the third century on, in my opinion, a new way to live, a new religion that is, to me, it's just like the oral law. It's been exalted above feast, Sabbath, and Yahweh's Torah. It's been replaced just like the non-believing Jews did, the non-believing pharisaical teachers. It's the same pattern. It's very ironic, I know, but um, it's, it's very clear. Moving on to our text, though, about why Yahweh desired his people to be uh, set free. And this is going to serve a point here in mere moments. Chapter 7, verse 16, of course, the, all of these from here on will be in Exodus, and I'll keep moving. Yahweh, the Elohim of the Hebrews, sent me to you to say, Let my people go so that they can serve me in the wilderness. 8, verse 1 let my people go so that they can serve me 8 verse 20 let my people go so that they can serve me I don't need to look anymore 9 1 let my people go so that they can serve me Nine thirteen. let my people go so that they can serve me Ten three. let my people go so that they can serve me now even Pharaoh's men understood this chapter 10 verse 7 Pharaoh's servants said unto him how long shall this man be a snare unto us Let the men go, why? So that they may serve Yahweh their Elohim. 1026, we must take from our cattle to serve Yahweh our Elohim. We ourselves will not know how we will serve Yahweh until we arrive there. 1231, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people. Both you and the people of Israel, and go, serve Yahweh as you have said. Exodus 10:24. Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go, serve Yahweh, but leave your flocks and herds behind. Your children may go with you. But Moses said, You must also see that we have sacrifices and burnt offerings, so that we can sacrifice to Yahweh our Elohim, a service, serving him. Our livestock must go with us also. Not one hoof will be left behind because we choose. Um, we must choose some of them to serve Yahweh our Elohim. And we don't know which ones yet we will need to serve Yahweh until we get there. Friends, do we see why the people of Yahweh Elohim needed set free? In order to serve Him, to do a service to Him. Most importantly, friends, let us see this clearly. I believe, and I shared this the other night at our gathering, that I believe that Pharaoh would have let the men, women, and children go. I think he really meant it that time. A lot had already happened. I think he was going to say, you know what, get out. But he said, but your cows have to stay. (laughs) Moses was so set on them leaving in perfect completion of deliverance, they wouldn't go and spare the lives of the men, women, and children if they couldn't take the animals for sacrifice, to serve Yahweh. It was that severe. It was that important to these people to rightly serve Yahweh Elohim as he required of them that they said, We will stay here under your heavy hand as slaves if we can't go out and serve Yahweh our Elohim as he requires. If we're not going with our animals for sacrifice, I'm sorry, man, we're not leaving. We either all go, including the cattle, or we're right here waiting. Do we understand how important that is, that they understood that we're, we're only going if we're going out to serve Yahweh Elohim? It's incredible to me but it must be according to the way he prescribed which just demonstrates uh, in my opinion and it should be as important for us to as important to us today this side of messiah as it was for uh, for moses that night for moses that experience okay um we have to talk about this for just a minute okay cuz a lot of people will get hung up on translations and some translation translations will say they had to go so that they might worship yahweh so that they could go out and worship God, but we have to understand if we look at the words in the Hebrew and follow their their um, most popular usage. I don't believe that's a good translation. Example Genesis two verse fifteen: Yahweh took the man. We're all the way back at creation with Adam, and He gave him rest in the Garden of Eden, in order to cultivate and work it and to keep it. Okay, this cultivate and work is serve. Okay, and this again, we don't do anything today but just bask in the goodness of Jesus. Works are under the law. Whoa, oh, the works of the law, which is a whole other misunderstanding the works of the law. I'm not under law, brother. I'm free. Okay, why are Yahweh's people set free? To serve Him. To serve Him. You are set free now, today, friend, in Yeshua Messiah, not just to be someone who goes his own way now. Praise Jesus. Pray Jesus, praise Jesus, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell now. No, sir. No, no, no. You are set free, if you are, in fact, set free. If any one of us are truly born again, born from above, we are set free from the bondage of sin to become in bondage to Yahweh Elohim, to serve Him. We were slaves to sin. Now we are slaves to Yahweh via the Messiah, because Yeshua, our model example that we give our lives to go into and through, was a servant to the utmost, washing the feet of his disciples. We have shifted our servanthood. We don't like using the word slave anymore, but we were a slave to sin and we were set free through the, past, the blood of the Passover lamb, Yeshua Messiah, so that now we may be a slave to Yahweh Elohim. Let's just, let's just be blunt. Example, as I just read from Genesis, Adam cultivated and worked the land, okay? The garden. He served it. He toiled for it, okay? Okay. Then, as the Passover is drawing near, we see this word again, Exodus chapter six, verse five, and this is an interesting connection. That if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you got to wrestle with the word. It's not my opinion. I've heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians are keeping in bondage. Same Hebrew word, in bondage, and I've remembered my covenant again. Covenants every every turn in the word of Elohim, and so this same word is that, okay, so let, let me just be crystal clear the best I know how. This is the proper word, word usage, friend. Let my people go so that they can be in bondage to me. Who who can receive that word? Can you, friend? Well, I'm not in bondage to anything. I'm free in Jesus. Then, friend, I'd say maybe you're not in covenant. Maybe you're not in covenant. According to the word alone, not our opinions, and surely not according to the traditions of men, Christian doctrine we've been handed that says, accept Jesus into your heart, be born again, and go about your business. You're free now. Well, using this passage and, and all these others we're looking at, I'm talking about the Passover examples. Why were we set free? Why were we set free from being in bondage to sin, to slavery? to become servants of the Most High. Servants. Doing what he prescribed as he desires. Cain and Abel, anyone? Cain and Abel? So again, in Hebrew, Yahweh looks down upon his set-apart, consecrated, holy, treasured people, his prized possession, his firstborn son, and he says, they are in bondage to Egypt. Okay? And so he said, let my people go, so that, to use the Hebrew word correctly, so that they might be in bondage to me, so that they might serve me. As we talk about what? A people who were marked in order to serve Yahweh. Okay? Let's bring this to a conclusion. Pleasing Yahweh as he prescribed is the only way to be found in this place of freedom, in my opinion. So many people who are free, free to do what they want. They're free to dress how they want. They're free to watch what they want. They're free. I'm free now. I'm freed unto just being a spirit-filled believer now. Oh, that—that that is the, that is the spirit of the age. It's the spirit of the age, friend. We're, just, we're freed unto just oh, the wind of the spirit. What's the wind of the spirit? That's why we're free, to blow with the wind of the spirit. And friend, the question is, well, what spirit are we talking about? Are we talking about the spirit that restrains us? Because Holy Spirit is the kadosh, set-apart spirit. And you know what the set-apart spirit does in a man? He sets that man apart. Okay, so we are set free from bondage to be in bondage to our Elohim, to serve him as he prescribed, as is pleasing as his in his sight, according to what he says, and not me or you. I would present that Passover was and is and will continue to be a sign, a mark, and a seal. For all of those who have entered covenant via Yeshua's perfect life, death, resurrection, as ascension and ascension as our Passover lamb. Jeremiah 23, 5 through 8. Behold, days are coming. It's a declaration of Yahweh when I'm going to raise up for David a righteous branch and he's going to reign as king wisely. He's going to execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved. Israel will dwell in safety. And this is his name by which he will be called, Yahweh our righteousness. Therefore, behold, days are coming, says Yahweh, when they'll no longer say, okay, what we're saying right now, as Yahweh lives who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Rather, as Yahweh lives who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel, out of the north country and from all the lands where he banished them, so they will dwell in their own soil. Friends, there's an incredible <laughs> prophesied ingathering gathering that's yet before us. There's going to be tabernacles in the future, friend. <laughs> and if you don't come up and celebrate the feast of booze tabernacles, you're going to be cursed. Yeshua, the prophesied king of Israel, the one who is going to restore a perfect, perfect, righteous, set-apart kingdom. He's He's going to gather all the scattered sheep into his father's sheepfold. One new man. One new man. One king, one kingdom, one governing authority. For now, we are not there. The fullness has not yet come, which is why the foreshadowing that pointed to Messiah, Messiah became the body, and the foreshadowing continues from where he was into the future until the not yet. A promise, a covenantal promise that what? He's coming again. He's coming again to set up a kingdom which of course culminates with a new Jerusalem coming down and landing on a new heavens and a new earth where we will forever, we will forever tabernacle with the Most High. So we remember Passover. We we memorialize it. The incredible example of Father's great mercy towards all who are willing to walk within His covenantal ways. We can now be, as as so many that preceded us were, a holy and peculiar people marked to serve. Friends, we just have wrapped up days of the last meal, last supper, Passover. We're right now at the beginnings of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And friend, I just want to invite you in because this way is probably not what you've been told. Burden, and bondage, in the sense of a negative thing. But in the sense of what I've just presented to you for consideration, it is a it is a bondage. Because that's what my father said. I want you released from the bondages of the ways of the nations that suppress you and oppress you and demand things of you that are not required of you. I want to set you free so that you can serve me. Because serving me is why you exist. And in our existence is incredible joy, immeasurable purpose, immeasurable identity. I know who I am now. I'm learning who I am in the feasts, in His Sabbaths, in His appointed times, like Passover. So, friend, the, the invitation is continuing to go out, and I'm going to continue to throw it out there until I breathe my last. And it's looking a little bit different every time it comes and goes. So this time around, may we be a holy, peculiar people who are marked for what purpose? For the reason we were set free, to serve Yahweh, Elohim, and no other. You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. I've got so much content that it's just a matter of, like, can I just lock myself in here for two months and get it all out? I don't know. This is plenty to chew on, friend. Please consider it, won't you? Study the Word. Cry out to Yahweh and ask Him, Are these your ways, Father? Are these your ways? Try, As I always say, go through the feast cycle for a year. Go through them for a year. <laughs> It proves itself time and time. And I don't know anybody who said I did the fee cycle for a year and I realized, you know, that's just ridiculous. What's that all about? People who who have that awakening in their heart, they look in, they never look back. It's incredibly beautiful. It's wonderful. What a privilege it is to be a peculiar people in this hour. I hope that fits you as well or at least piques your interest, one or the other, go over to patdesign.com, subscribe to our channel here, won't you, and help us just get this this message of, of, of hope and purpose and identity out to anyone else who is postured to listen in this hour. We thank you for watching. Amen. Purpose and identity out to anyone else who is postured to listen in this hour. We thank you for watching. Amen.